This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. So I think now what is important is actually what you do mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. you can really perform, how do you keep to your principles. Right. I think that is more important than just throwing out rhetorics and jargons, you know, True. just to show that how True. intellectual you are. I think that's not important. True. Uh, but in Malaysian's context, that was a battle that we have to sort of undemonize. <laughs> the mm. demonizing just took place to the left. And I think we are quite successful. But more importantly now is that to show that how our policies can really make a change. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Night School, the show that explores concepts, theories and society. I'm Ahmad Fawad Rahmat, joined this week by Sivarajan Aramugam, Secretary General of Parti Socialist Malaysia, to talk to us about Socialist International Conference on the weekend of 7th to 9th December. Uh, welcome to the show. Hi Fawad, nice to be here. <laughs> Good to have you as always. Now, this is uh, you are going to tell us about PSM's annual Socialism Conference, uh, which brings speakers from all over the world. This time, the focus will be People's Need, Not Corporate Greed, uh, Socialism 2018 International Forum. Uh, you have speakers from Brazil, from India, from Australia, from Germany. You're featuring established activists to talk about the issues, such as Nisha Ayo, Rosana Issa, Adrian Pereira, and Dr. Kyril Izamin. So, always fascinating. Uh, now, tell us a little bit about how it's gone on now. I mean, how many conferences already and is it growing? Are more and more people interested in your issues? Give us an update on how the conferences have done over the years. Yes. Uh, so basically, this conference, we started off in 2005. And uh, so since then, what we do is that we do an international conference biannually. So this year, 2018, this would be our seventh uh, international conference. Uh, in between, what we do is that yes, we also have a socialism conference, but that is mainly based on uh, local issues, national issues, and so on. Uh, so this time will be quite interesting. Um, so we are getting speakers who have not been to our international conference before. So this time we have people from Germany, from India, even Brazil. I think for Brazil, this will be the first time. And we are also very excited to also have someone from the Podemos party from Spain mm. who will be also coming over. We have two comrades from coming from Australia. So I think we have we have a wide range of speakers to cover a wide uh, range of topics. And uh, we have selected some topics. Um, we have only two days of the main conference. So we have eight topics that we have selected. Uh, it was very difficult to really select topics basically because there's a lot of things which is happening in the world, a lot of issues. And so we have selected eight main topics and for these speakers to address. So I think it will be really um, in a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience for a lot of local activists and those academics or students, whoever is keen to hear about alternate politics, because they might not be able to travel to these different uh, countries to know about right, the, the, right. the social situations there. So I think there's a lot of exchanges that you can do if you're able to meet them up at this conference. Yeah. Uh, Brazil is interesting given that you actually have Latin, who they call Latin American Trump mm-hmm. now, right, mm-hmm. after... Lula's success and yes. Juma Rousseff's success as well. Mm-hmm. So that'll be really a good perspective to engage with. Mm-hmm. Um, but in light of New Malaysia, what's happening, uh, you know, today, uh, the greater awareness that youths have now towards alternative systems, mm-hmm. 
have the conferences been improving over the years steadily or do you still find that there's still a lot of work to do in terms of just spreading awareness? I think uh, over the years, I think we have sort of developed this thing into an, to an annual event. More people are talking about uh, left ideas, socialism and, and so on. I mean, it's already an accepted thing that uh, socialism and socialist politics are a part of uh, Malaysian uh, political discourse. We have uh, politicians who now are beginning to define themselves to say that, no, I'm on the right, on the yes, left. No, yes. I don't want to take a position on the right. So I think that's a good thing that people are sort of uh, understanding these issues. And uh, for us, I think uh, it is very key, especially in this conference and especially under New Malaysia. Because for us in Malaysia, I think the regime change was once in a lifetime after 60 years. And uh, it is the first experience for Malaysians to have a new government and how it will perform. But if you actually look internationally, the political change has been much faster in a lot of other countries. So most of the countries where the speakers are coming from, they would have experienced regime change many times. Uh, they would have seen how uh, a government which tends to reform would have performed, what are the challenges. Mm -hmm. So I think that kind of sharing is very important uh, for us to have to really, really to understand, to gain experience from other countries, what are the dynamics they went through. Uh, and people have sort of brought about change. But if that government does not have a clear political perspective, then it will just roll back a lot of things. And so this would be very enlightening. And it also sort of give uh, some... Uh, uh, some opening and some, some enlightenment to Malaysians to really understand and to keep a lookout whether the new government that we have elected will also do or will also play into the same game. So I think that, that kind of experience is be very valuable. Yeah. Speaking of comparing experiences, I mean, having a speaker from India, especially CMI Marxist-Leninist, is going to be interesting as well because they've taken the parliamentary road for the longest time, mm -hmm. right? But recently, they suffered heavy loss upon Modi's victory. So... Mm -hmm that position is very interesting to occupy, right? Mm. That you have an illustrious left culture, mm. right? Against a very, very populist right-wing figure, mm. you know? And in a lot of ways, it's a rare situation, you know, in Asia, mm. right? Mm. So uh, I think that's one of the interesting things that mm. jump out for me mm -hmm. in this conference, yeah. Yeah, so I think we have both factions, <laughs> mm. the CPIM, oh, okay and also the CPIML liberation. Of mm -hmm. course, in India's context, the Communist Party of India has got a long history. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of splits. So we, in no way, they can really understand and sort of uh, the, the situations that took place there. But what is interesting is that we have got a speaker, which is Prabir, from the CPIM, and they are the ruling government currently in Kerala. Mm -hmm. And also in Tripura, they were in West Bengal. Now, why that is interesting is because we can actually see is that once a left government comes into power, were they able to perform? And the CPIM has been in power for quite some time, especially mm -hmm. in West Bengal. And there were some very big mistakes that they made in West Bengal, especially with the farmers' revolution, the Nexalbari movement and all that. So I think this will be an interesting thing that we can really challenge them. You know, Were you able to really carry out social reform, revolutionary programs as per mm -hmm. your rhetorics? Or would, did you just subdue to the whole program? And so those are things that we can really debate. And on the other side, the faction which is not really in power, which is the CPIML liberation, uh, which is the breakaway from them, 
so they are the ones who are fighting the CPIM mm-hmm. now also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it will be interesting to hear from them also on what is they are doing and how they see the whole context of it. Yeah. So I think it's it's good to have both sides. Yeah. And uh, it's up to them whether they want to settle their score here in Malaysia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have a little peace treaty outside the country, right? Like uh, like a lot of other cases. Um, yeah. But I think that's very enviable, right? In that on one hand, they have all these factions, but they mm. can have all those factions because the level of debate and awareness mm. is just so mature compared to us mm. you know um so but they're also a bigger country so yeah. um maybe that's that's a crucial mm. factor as well but i find that you're branching out not branching out but also linking to um other aspects of i guess traditional uh left issues for example like immigration mm-hmm. right uh what do you what do you hope to address there is it uh, the global immigration mm. situation are you talking about the malaysian context Mm-hmm. Immigration, I think it has been uh, a very hot topic, I think, for since for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. I believe there's one report which reported that the number of people who are displaced throughout the world is like close to 6 million, mm-hmm. either by war, mm-hmm. either mm-hmm. by climate change and various reasons. So I think it's been it become a global problem now. And uh, that's why the speakers who are addressing it for this conference will be one person from Germany, from the D-Linky party. Mm-hmm. And then I think Germany has been sort of in the forefront mm-hmm. uh, in Europe itself, opening up its borders. But it is facing some problems mm-hmm. now and how it's going to deal with it. And it has also given a rise to certain elements of fascism, like we look at Hungary and so on, eh, where they don't really accept this thing. And Greece is having a lot of problems at its borders. So I think it's it would be an interesting debate there. Similarly goes to Australia where we have a speaker from the Socialist Alliance Australia to also speak about immigration and I think they have been sort of dealing with this issue for a very very long time from uh, refugees mm-hmm. and even their own aborigines who have been put out all the way in Nauru Island. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of things that we can learn yeah. and we put this topic here I think it's because it's an international phenomenon. And Malaysians, we ourselves are facing certain uh, certain elements of it. And we have to understand how this international phenomenon is turning out to be and what are the responses of those national governments. Mm-hmm. Because here we take a very narrow approach. You know, we don't want migrant workers, we don't want uh, Rohingya refugees, and we just look at it in a very narrow approach. But PSM would look at it as that uh, people migration, either through economic or through for any social regions or for through colonization, this is a reality of the world mm-hmm. you know we would not be here if we did not migrate from somewhere in the right. first place so there's no way that you can really put up borders and completely lock people out mm-hmm. so that is the next phase i would say the future of the world is a very globalized world people are moving around everywhere yeah where the faces beyond the borders are the same as you you cannot really so this is where it's a big challenge to the nation state itself yeah Yeah. And I think it's a future that we have to look through and did be a very critical uh, issue that we should open up our minds to. Yeah. Now, is there already a consensus broadly speaking among the left about how to handle it or is that still being formed? Consensus, I think I think each countries and each uh, movements uh, within their countries are handling in different ways. If you look at Australia, I think they are very much involved in the pro-refugee movement, you know, mm-hmm. they're really fighting their government. now to make sure that whoever been uh, not allowed to be coming in and uh, asking for the aborigines from the Nauru island to be brought back bring them home campaign so they're handling it in in various situations but as an overall understanding or consensus i would say that we have to accept like what i said earlier this changes in this world 
and there's no way that we can really keep people out mm-hmm. all right there's only a problem of technicalities in terms right. of uh, reform law reform citizenship issues security issues and so on but i think people's movements there's no way that we can uh, we would obviously oppose to any attempts like what trump has taken mm-hmm. just building up mm-hmm. a wall mm-hmm. and the world will be a mixed place and it we have to accept it in that way yeah. in future interesting Uh tell us a little bit as well on another segment of the conference which is called the 200 years of Karl Marx. So this mm-hmm. stands out to me as a more theoretical component of the discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh what's the angle you'll be taking? Okay, for this particular topic, I think it is um revisiting Karl Marx, Das Kapital and his writings. This is nothing new. I mean people have been revisiting it since the economic crash in 2008 2009 so i think what is important in this session is that how we can derive the economic perspective from marx in today's world so revisiting it it will be basically looking at his uh, economic policies and how uh, what are the the governments which are doing today mm-hmm. you know against the new liberalism and all that how we can sort of use it to explain karl marx in current context I think that is very much important because uh, even though throughout the world this issue has been discussed many times but I think in Malaysia people still look at it like maybe like a classical text you know mm-hmm. something that you mm-hmm. can read it someday and just leave it right now how do we bring it to contemporary times to say that this is something that you can understand and realize because when you when you really understand what Marx is really trying to say it really applies to everyday situations mm-hmm. you know how the commons the public spaces are being taken up mm-hmm. how the economic works and why even though now people would say that every time there's an economic crash is basically they did not realize there's a systemic mm-hmm, risk to it mm-hmm. but marx talked about it 200 years ago you know yep, yep. and so these are issues that we have to revive again but put it in a situation and in a language where people really understand right, and relate right. to current issues so marx will be continuously relevant for us and we have to sort of take the essence of it at time to time when different yeah. issues arise and who are the speakers for that for the karl marx we have uh, dr kyril isamin from mm-hmm. the uia mm-hmm. he has also written and yes. spoken about yes. this issue and we have uh, sue bolton also from australia from the socialist alliance she's a long term activist has been with the party for a very very long time so we would like to hear from them on how because i think they themselves have been also redefining and mm-hmm. looking at marx again for various reasons yeah. and uh, they have been very rich in this kind of ideological writings and the books they have published so i think they will be able to share a lot of things with us yeah i think it's interesting too that uh like you said the continued interest in marx is interesting in light of what you know in the 90s people were celebrating as the end of history right that time the liberalism has won the world can only get better from here and now we see that it hasn't mm-hmm. and you do need mm-hmm. a new alternative right yes. and that's why like marx is still uh, haunting us mm. because he's saying well a lot of these uh, observations have been made mm. many many years ago mm-hmm. right and it's it's good that we continuously engage them mm. Yeah, yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's take a break. I'm with uh, Sivarajan Armogam on Night School to talk about the upcoming conference by Parti Socialist Malaysia. It's called People's Need, Not Corporate Greed, and that's on the 7th to the 9th of December 2018. I'm Ahmad Fuad Rahman on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, I'm Ahmad Fuad Rahman. You're listening to Night School. Our guest this week is Sivarajan Armogam. We are talking about Parti Socialist Malaysia's upcoming conference on the weekend of the 7th to the 9th of December and it is called People's Need Not Corporate Greed it's an international forum with speakers from India from Germany from Australia from Brazil 
Uh, and it also features established local activists such as Adrian Pereira and Nisha Ayub. Uh, in the first part of the show, Siva gave us an overview of some of the key themes that the forum will be exploring. But I forgot to ask some basic questions. Uh, there is a fee of yes. 35 ringgit. Yes. And this includes meals. Two yes. lunches, correct? Yes. Okay, yeah. basically the fee is basically just to cover the cost of the two lunches for the two days and also the conference materials plus a free t-shirt. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. What's the t-shirt say? Uh, the t-shirt basically says um, the conference theme oh. itself, which All is right, people's right. need, not corporate greed. Okay. Uh, and so I think, I think that we made the t-shirt because it's not only for the conference. I think there's a lot of other issues which is happening even locally that mm-hmm. you can use it for. Yeah, yeah. You know, sure, and sure. there's a lot of issues that you can... Uh, bring up right but for students of course we have a discount and uh, so there'll be only 20 ringgit of of everything uh, but anyway you know if you're unemployed and so on you know just walk in we, we can negotiate <laughs> something for you don't worry can bargain, huh? can bargain. <laughs> <laughs> the true spirit of the people right yeah um now you're also going to mention malaysia baru right which mm. is inevitable what's the angle you'll be taking there Okay, I think for PSM, uh, like we said earlier, there's been a lot of uh, relocating and uh, analyzing ourselves after the defeat in PRU 14 and so on. But I think we sort of, even besides the conference itself, we have sort of really bounced back quite fast, whereby we're already starting to engage with the government, Mm -hmm. involved in protests, talking about issues and so on. So I think now this session sort of really, uh, sort of hopefully can put things into context and also to hear from others on how we should perform in this Malaysia Baru now. When we say we are just an opposition, it's just an opposition just to make noise because it's our duty to do so. Or are we really analyzing and putting forth proposals, uh, concrete proposals, and making a critique on grounded issues? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, at the same time also is that uh, we also need to sort of learn from experience from throughout the world, how the left parties have performed. So beyond that, I think we have to always uh, also start our move towards the next general elections Mm -hmm. because I think being a left party, it is also important to have our elected representatives within the government. I think that's that's very key important. uh, It's a key key role. So how we put ourselves and what is our political part that we do today, hopefully we'll be in a better, acceptable people really understand what we're fighting for and so on for the next general elections. Mm-hmm. So and that's why we were also very keen to hear from our comrades from the Podemos. Now, Podemos is very relevantly a very new party. They started off in 2014 and today they are having at least 30% of the votes of the whole country wow. and they have grown so fast. So we are also thinking, you know, how, how were they able to do this in mm-hmm. such a short time? How were right. they able to capture the masses? They basically came on an anti-austerity platform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting to listen to this. Now, we would very much like to be in that kind of situation, yeah. though, because what we are putting forward and the language that we're bringing forth is no different. You know, we're talking about same things that like what Corbyn is talking in UK, yeah. Yeah. Bernie Sanders. So I think there's a lot of things to learn. So hopefully that session will be able to open up these issues besides what the speakers were able to offer but I think there'll be a lot of ideas so then if we have such ideas it is not only the role of the PSM to bring about this perspective I think in the larger community where people think that there's a need for a different political discourse that they can come together you know in this kind of anti-capitalist kind of platform true yeah the last we spoke about this, it was around June or July. So it was very fresh after the new Malaysia. 
I mean, a lot's happened since then. It's mm-hmm. going to be December uh, when this conference takes place. Tell us a little bit about if there's a change in how people are viewing PSM now, especially since people are starting to complain more and more about the new Malaysia. Do you feel that this is actually helping PSM's image as a real alternative, right? Because by now, people are seeing, well, a lot of it is still business as usual, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So has PSM's image somehow improved as as an indirect result? Mm. I think this is our our dilemma at the moment. The reason being is that people sort of like understand and accept, sometimes support what we say and the policies that we bring forward. But unfortunately, they really don't see PSM has that kind of large ground or that big take in the national politics. You know, I mean, they, they respect the work that we are doing and the policies that we are making. Mm-hmm. But are we uh, are we a government or are we a bigger political force that they can rely on to mm-hmm. sort of like get a lot of votes? We are not there yet. Mm-hmm. But I think that is why that it's very important that conferences like this sort of sort of expand right, the platform. Right. We may be able to get more members because at the end of the day is that if you want to be a political force, you need to have membership. And that has always been a challenge for PSM, you know, even though yeah. we, we do gain yeah. membership, but you don't have in that large numbers. So and you need active members too, active right? Active members, yeah. yes. To put and, in work. Yeah. And so we need to hopefully we, we can expand on this ground. And other thing also I think is that people will sort of like, uh, even though there's a lot of grouses, but I think more important than joining the party is that we need to create that kind of platform which has got like-minded people who think alike. I think that is a bigger thing. One is the political front itself, the party. But the more important is the movement itself, right. uh, an active movement of people who think like or analyze like what we do and want to make a change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think so that is more that's that's yeah. the more critical one. At least uh, for me, uh, the way I see it, there's some improvement in the sense that now people are no longer really asking if socialism is communism. I remember mm. 2011, 2010, people yeah, still yeah, asking yeah. that. Yeah, asking they that. were asking that in the newspaper, they were asking it on TV. Mm. But now it feels like there's a bit more familiarity with mm. the word at least, mm. you mm. know, and we've moved on. Mm to more interesting discussions. Mm. Whereas when mm. PSM just got approved mm. and then, you know, the EO6 took mm. on headlines, that was just the whole thing, right? Mm. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, you know, is a socialist communist, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that yeah. seems to be the question. But now people yeah. are like wondering, okay, what do you have to offer? Mm. Yeah, if, even if there's the disagreement, the, mm. the conversation's moved on somewhat. So mm. I think, you know, in the past eight years, that's an interesting development, right? Mm. Yeah, I think that's the difference between because we are also very clear on how we want to uh, show the differences between the the left parties and the communist parties of the 20th century. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I think after the 1990s and 2000, all that, so the political focus was no more on the political party, the front. That's how Lenin talked about it. Mm-hmm, it has mm-hmm. sort of expanded into a people's movement, yeah, people's forum, people's fights, direct action by yeah. masses. So once is we've already moved out in that way then, of course, people really don't really define by your name because communist parties have also done <laughs> undemocratic things in mm-hmm. many parts of the world. So there's no really point to really derive experiences or gain your support by just claiming that you are aligned to certain communist parties. It does mm-hmm. not really help you mm-hmm. in any way. So I think now what is important is actually what you do mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. you can really perform, how they keep to your principles. Right, right. I think that is more important than just throwing out rhetorics and jargons, you know, True. just to show that how True. intellectual you are. I think that's not important. True. Uh, but in Malaysian's context, that was a battle that we have to sort of undemonize, <laughs> the mm-hmm. demonizing that took place to the left. 
And I think we are quite successful. But more importantly now is that to show that how our policies can really make a change. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I think that has to be done. I agree. And on the matter of updating the struggle, making sure it's more relevant, uh, I like it that you've also chosen a whole session for the precariat, the new working class, question mark. Tell us a little bit for our listeners, uh, what does precariat mean and uh, how you're going to structure this discussion? Yes. This is, a, this is a good topic that uh, we put up here because it will be something new. I'll be speaking on this topic together okay. with Jacob from uh, Australia, Socialist Alliance. See, before I, I really did some research on this topic, I was thinking precariat was just those guys who were just doing freelance jobs here and there. But once you really go into it, precariat really means a big section of the working class. Mm-hmm. It could be also the majority of the working class because precariat really talks about the group of workers who are now beyond after the industrial workers who've been working in the industrial age and uh, those who working in the factory floors and all that, how they had some form of security in, mm-hmm. in many ways. But now the precariat is, in fact, those who are really involved in the service sector, those who are doing uh, so many outsourcing jobs mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. And in each country, we can see that these are beginning to form the majority of the working class, uh, going through flexible hours of mm-hmm. work, you mm-hmm. know whereby uh, we think that flexible hours of work is something which is positive to us. But actually, we can see that how it has sort of diminished your workers' yeah. rights. You know, there's yeah. no collectivism, yeah. so difficult to form unions to bargain for. Yeah. We have individual contracts for individual workers. You know, So it's a whole big issue, a whole big world of issues there. And um, that is also a bigger challenge. How for the working class itself, when the precariat are so disintegrated, how do you really bring them or, or to create some kind of common platform to realize that they are a class of workers who are giving labor and how do they fight back? Mm-hmm. So I think this issue will sort of introduce this concept to really tell everyone that all of us are in the same situation as precariates yeah. and we have to address this issue very clearly and we will have to sort of uh, bring back that kind of solidarity in order to make things change. Because the government is moving in a way that it is liberalizing all of this. Mm -hmm. Every time they talk about flexibility, every time they talk about bringing more women into the workforce but still allowing them more flexibility, Mm -hmm. on the... Uh, upfront, it looks very nice and you know, something that you want to want to go into. Yeah. But actually, it sort of really takes away your rights Definitely. that you had as a worker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, flexibility is that code word for not having any structure. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. or, or any safety <clears throat> nets, right? You're yeah. always moving because there's no yeah. ground for you. Um, yes. And this is the scary part in that, you know, if you just think of how many hundreds of thousands of students mm. graduate every year after mm. going in debt to fund their education. And the immediate job prospects they have is driving Uber. Yes. And they drive not only to support themselves, but to also pay debts, mm. right? And they think they'll do this for six months, turns mm. out it'll be a year, and then mm. it'll be a year and a half. And then in that time, they haven't really built any skills, mm. and they're just left at the mercy of a company that really mm. just has an app, mm. right? Yes. You are the one who has to service your car and right, to pay for right, everything, right? right. So um, that's, and like you said, an increasing reality for a lot of people. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yes. That will be a problem also that because once the whole change in this working classes is happening now and then uh, what will happen is that there's the intensification of how they're being exploited in many ways. And it is done consciously in, mm-hmm. in a way, no? because it's not only relevant in one particular country because now the production itself is a global production chain mm-hmm. whereby people are being exploited all the way. You know, mm-hmm. People are so easily being hired and fired. So there's really a clear 
desperate need to really to understand this issue so that we can uh, do that fight back so i think this issue this precarious issue will be very interesting fascinating uh, hashtag me too will also be mm-hmm. a forum tell us a little bit about that me too movement i think as you know that it has sort of come out throughout the world mm-hmm. especially with uh, it could have been with politicians with celebrities you know but then i think now it is uh, come out where everyone has their own experiences not only for the women but also for the lgbtq mm-hmm. for the transgender people and so on and we have got some key speakers uh, especially uh, kavita comrade kavita from the cpi ml mm-hmm. from india and she's been the forefront of really fighting this sexism which is happening under the modi government in india mm-hmm. the oppression against women the rape cases which have been happening so it all comes into this bigger context mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how this whole patriarchal society you know had a sort of exercise this thing without yeah. no they did not really solve this problem so i think this issue it is is a global issue whereby it's beyond where we just looked at feminist issues we're just fighting for equal rights mm-hmm. now it's an issue which is is a daily event for a lot of women and how they should be recognized and should be empowered to sort of overcome the issue right. one Who will is, be the speakers for that this will be like i said is kavita from uh, cpi ml mm-hmm. and uh, we have rosana from sisters in islam and uh, nisha nisha okay. ayub from Wonderful. justice for sisters great great right. fascinating so before we wrap up do you have any concluding uh, thoughts for our listeners or any uh, concluding messages about this conference Okay, socialism 2018 what I said is happening from 7 to 9th of December. So we have a wide range of speakers like what we discussed earlier. So please come for this conference. Please register yourself and if you have no time to register, please also try to walk in. Prior to the conference proper on Saturday and Sunday, we have an opening rally night and that is a free admission. Mm-hmm. It's basically we're having a couple of uh bands uh we have some speeches from international speakers so that's the on the 7th at 8 o'clock yes, yeah it's right. on the 7th it's happening at KL Slango Chinese Assembly Hall at 7:30 p.m. it's at night so there'll be a more relaxed kind of program we have songs on human rights we have speeches from people before the conference itself great, so please great. come please join us and please tell your friends about it so on the 7 is more of like a social gathering for yeah. everybody to get to know each other and then yeah. 8 and the 9th will be the conference proper yes. all right fascinating stuff and on the 7th is free is free right and then it's 8 and the 9th is when you have a little a small a modest registration fee uh, that covers two meals too so yeah. really a great spectrum of activities here mm-hmm. to celebrate socialism from an international perspective But just to be clear too this is not a recruitment drive for the party this no. for the, everybody to participate yeah, in the discussion yeah, yeah, yeah. right uh, so yes. while PSM is the organizer it's a public forum like i said it's a public yeah. forum basically talk about alternate ideas yeah. so it's open yeah. for everyone great great and you know i get i get called out a lot because like why are you promoting PSM all the time i say well <laughs> they bring out all the relevant issues right so this this is organized by party socialism asia but it's for a broader discussion to give everybody a clearer picture of the global system and the issues yeah. involved in it. Uh, yes. Thanks again, Sivarajan Arumugam. Thank you. For telling us about your conference. Once again, I just want to repeat the details so that everybody is aware. The conference this year is called People's Need, Not Corporate Greed, Socialism 2018 and International Forum. It's on the weekend of the 7th to the 9th of December at uh, the KL Selangor Chinese Assembly Hall. And the registration fee is RM35. And this will provide you two lunches Uh, you can uh, go to their website or WhatsApp uh, your registration to 
or 016-440-722 That's 012-390-2544 or 016-440-7422 Thank you again Be sure to email the show at bfmnightschool@gmail.com. Look us up on Facebook or download our app at Google Play or App Store I'm Ahmad Fat Rahman on Night School on BFM 89.9 The Business Station Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.